0: Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund.
1: All right, everyone, we're back today. We have a very exciting episode because we're going to be covering a whole lot of stuff. Um, So you're in for a lot of good dialogue. We have the owners, creators of On Your Left Triathlon, which is, if you don't know, spelled on your Y E R left triathlon and Instagram. Um, and basically we thought it'd be great to bring these guys on because they're creating so much like fun flair within the sport. Obviously there's some banter. Um, there's a lot of creativity, but we'll really get into that. And then after we talk about on your left and what they're doing, we'll get some insights from the actual 70.3 world championship course. We all just actually raced all three of us who are going to be talking we raced. Jackson's here as well. Hello. Jackson. And now before I forget, I think I'm going to say it right. Connor Bollinger.
0: Thank you, Nick. Yep.
1: yep. Welcome to the show, buddy.
0: Pleasure to meet you guys. Uh, finally, uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, I know Jackson was on the Side Stitch Media podcast and we can get to that in a little. Um, but yeah. One of the best Canadian running triathletes I think out there and you yourself, not only the best abs in triathlon, but one of the most interesting <laughs> men from what I've heard. So interesting, I'm happy, man! I'm happy to be on the podcast guys. And thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your kind words. We're obviously, um, a little tired, so bear with us if we sound a little bit wrecked, but we did race yesterday at the world championship. Um, so on your left, like your logo first off is an alien head. Um, and it looks like the South park alien, like, I just watched South Park today, and that's why it reminded me of it. So, so why that logo?
0: Where, where did that come from, and then why On Your Left? Uh, on Your Left, so let's back up, actually. Um, before On Your Left, it was a rebrand. Uh, it was called Side Stitch Media, and it was me and two other professional triathletes at the time, and we kind of used that as a, uh, I guess, a tool or a platform to kind of bring a barstool type of content into the sport of triathlon, writing blogs about why Jan Ferdino has the best veins in triathlon, uh, you know, age group tips, things like that. Uh, basically long story short, um, we rebranded into, into on your left. And I picked on your left because I was looking at a short list of names we had for side stitch and that was on the list. But for me, I'm a New Yorker. You can't hear to my accent right now, but typically it's on your left. left. So you would spell it O-N-Y-A-L-E-F-T Anya. But I feel like it would, it would be a lot, I guess, more inclusive to the entire uh, country. And I guess North America, if it was on your left, one word instead of three words. Um, So we actually, we, we filed for the copyright on the, uh, on the name. Yeah. So we, so we rebranded into on your left and uh, uh, we saw that there was no copyright made for a clothing company with this. Uh, there's some coaching platforms. There's like a racing team in Canada. So we were able to get that and we, we figured, all right, this is a solid name. Everyone's got to say it. Like it's hysterical how many on your lefts there are and people just associate them with us, even though they're just generally saying on your left. Uh, so it's kind of just, it's always front of mind.
1: Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. And <laughs> we were just talking about when we were in Ecuador, I mean, we speak like only people there who speak in English and we were trying to say on your left to everybody who was literally riding on the left side of the road. Like they didn't know even to ride on the right. And we'd say it in every language and nobody would respond. So (laughs) on your left is like a big part of our lives as triathletes, Um, even pros. If you've got multiple loop courses, we're probably shouting it on that loop that we have to share the course with everybody the whole time. It's, it's kind of fucked
2: it's a harder day on your
1: (laughs) your voice box than it is on in your neck because you're always looking up to like you can't just tuck in an arrow but anyways on your left is such a stellar name so like well done it's easily brandable like in is it more of a clothing situation or are you guys just trying to be more i mean it seems like you guys do have apparel and hats and, and cool stuff to be recognizable and stand for something but what else are you guys trying to bring to the table is it mainly an instagram account to just create some fun content are you going to branch off into like a
0: multimedia situation or you know what's your plan that's a good question and uh what i like about it is since the beginning it started out as okay use this as an outlet as an extension from uh my personal instagram so for whatever reason people would always just dm me their opinions on things in triathlon because to be honest like i'm very opinionated like i've always has been a, a, always have been a group in a house with you know i have eight brothers there's nine boys what? so it's just loud and <laughs> and everything's always comedic like it was always one-upping each other on how to make each other laugh and what i noticed in this sport in particular like there's no one channel to go to or one place to go to to get funny content but like triathlon tearing yeah right <laughs> <laughs> funny yeah so try yeah Uh, we can get to that, but, uh, (laughs) and I noticed like Barstool's model is like blowing up Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like backdoor conversations and a lot of things that we make fun of. And, you know, I'm an age grouper and perspective is everything. And looking back on what I thought was cool five, six years ago, Mm -hmm. like I make fun of that now. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. And it's actually hysterical to watch people get annoyed and offended when we're making fun of age groupers because we were them at, at one point. Um, but to answer your question, um, where I see this going and there's not a lot of pressure on it, it's, it's evolving like every week. And that's one of the reasons why if you go to our website, there's shirts, there's hats, there's race belts, there's water bottles, there's swim caps. We really don't know what would sell, what doesn't sell, what triathletes need, what don't they need. Um, but ultimately we are getting cycling kits made. Uh, they'll be here before Christmas Mm -hmm. and, um, where I see it is kind of a content outlet, but ultimately like. I hate the word street uh, uh, lifestyle brand. I like to use the word street style brand. And you can kind of see that in some of the products because what skateboarding has done and like made that edginess and how they kind of folded that into cycling last year, like with that uh, with that collaboration with that cycling team. I, All the the crit cyclists. Yeah, yeah. Those guys
1: are awesome. They've got some
0: great kits too. Exactly. So that crossover made a lot of noise. And I was like, well, skateboarding's got a great look and kind of attitude. And triathletes are usually looking casual all the time because they look like gym coaches, like, you know, what wearing I mean? socks and hoka exactly. sandals. Exactly. So who does that? <laughs> you at every minute. Um, but yeah,
1: I think, I think the edginess makes sense to me. And I even like, as you were saying that I was like, that's the exact vibe. I feel like you guys have. So like, perfect. Um, I think you could even spin it in some sort of way to like be a new and, and this isn't anything to slight slow twitch, but like slow twitch for me is never been valuable just because it's, it, it just feels negative to me. It feels like criticism. The the news is good. The race reports are good, but then the form aspect of it, like I could just never get behind it because it's just always people diming each other out, taking each other too seriously, talking about Watts per kilogram and aerodynamics. Like what you all could do is be more of like a, more realistic pragmatic fun lighter side of the news that actually you've, you interview pros and you put a fun spin on it like you could do a between two ferns segment with jan ferdino and just like call him out and be like so i heard your name is jan frodono or something like that like
0: <laughs> so talbot are you listening because this is the third person that uh that i've recommended this to me no i uh, yeah. i recommended this to talbot actually mm-hmm. i literally said like we got to get it between the two ferns type of segment going yes it would be absolutely hysterical and Um, he kind of said he tried something, but I feel like if we really get the chefs in the kitchen and kind of wrap our heads around it, but ultimately like what on your left has become is basically a version is a more relatable version of slow Twitch Mm because the people that are on slow Twitch isn't our demographic. Let's be honest. They're too serious. It's, it's it's probably 50 plus, maybe 45 plus. Like I coach athletes as well. And like the older ones are on there. The younger ones really aren't. Mm -hmm. And other people just go on there to check in. I should say the ones that are engaging is in our demographic. Yeah. So um, the, our platform kind of gives our our like age group and what's topical for us, like a place to kind of voice their opinion and especially for pros because you can't really say what's on your mind all the time. So like people will send me things knowing I'll repost them anonymously. And yeah. the anonymous DM repost has been, it's literally what like keeps people engaged. That's funny Because you don't know who's arguing with who. You have age groupers disagreeing with pros, you have pros disagreeing with pros. And it's great because you just don't know.
1: How much time is this taking?
0: Yeah, so actually we spoke about this the other day. Um, I spent a lot of time checking my DMs, like pointless DMs too, where like we thought of like maybe having intern Blake check the DMs. But (laughs) I think what makes the page so funny is like everyone thinks they know what's funny. I think I know what's funny. You think you know what's funny. You think you know what's funny. so if i just stick to posting what like i think is the aesthetic that we want to project then there'll be consistency day in and day out Mm -hmm. and what might get reposted one day might not get reposted the other day just based on what's happening on the story that day as weird as this sounds it's literally like that in depth in my opinion because like for instance yesterday it was all those funny things that intern blake posted then i posted like a little quick race recap then I went back and like kind of looked at it through a different lens. I was like, if I was a new follower to this page, because we were getting tons of new followers yesterday, mm-hmm. um, so they want they don't want to see me talk about my race. Like I yeah. could do that in like four days. Yeah. But someone like intern Blake, who really doesn't have his finger on the pulse, like as much, like might not see it like that because in his mind, oh, I should repost this because it's my job.
1: And its current information could yeah. be valuable to somebody. And if they don't like it, they can just tap.
0: to yeah, The exactly. next story, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. So. So what you guys are doing first and foremost is to remind us that we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously as triathletes, because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, and I tell this to the athletes I coach, whether you've won, whether you were last place tomorrow, nobody gives a shit. Um, and, And all they care about, even if you did win, or even if you did lose is what are you doing next? That's the next question you get. Once you've done something phenomenal, it's like, you can't even, you know, relish in your glory for the day. And they're like, what are you, where are you going now? You're like, I'm just going to try to enjoy the day, man. Like, why do we got to talk about what I'm going to try to plan immediately now? So, go to the liquor store. Yeah. We're going to go get Twizzlers <laughs> and go play a mini golf and get jacked up on Jaeger. <laughs> but taking ourselves too seriously and just like kind of evolving. And, you know, I think like the, the, we tried to do this on the podcast once and we just kind of lost track of it, where we would go to the Iron Man, Iron man try page and we'd pick like, you know, all, Niceness aside, we pick the dumbest comment and we just like try to answer it online <laughs> or on the air. And we kind of lost that segment just because I think we got lazy. We're not,
0: we're not
2: a
1: very organized yeah. group. So Yeah, we're doing what we can here. We're uh, rubbing two pennies and trying to make a
0: name. <laughs> um, so that you- sounds like a typical podcast. So just like we start a segment and then we lose track of it and then yeah. we bring it back in. And I mean, yeah, it's um, so funny,
1: man. So yeah, the future of what you guys are doing sounds cool. And I mean, what is growth? been like for the last couple of months it seems like it's just like exponentially getting cool
0: yeah and that's what I've noticed the engagement's been great like uh, I think we're almost up to 3,000 followers which is unfortunately that's how you kind of have to measure your growth at this point because our marketing literally is Instagram yeah that's it Um, my business partner um, he comes from a merch building side business Mm -hmm. side he deal he dealt with Uh, influencers like back in 2013, 14, right when like it was beginning to pop. And he saw an opportunity started creating merch lines for them. And now those guys are, you know, they're retired at 35. So he's just a normal guy in Long Island, he owns a a family business on the side that he does full time. And he's an age group triathlete. And um, actually, he was my mentor during the side stitch time. And long story short, I had a phone call with him. And I'm just like, do you want to do this with me? Like your humor is exactly like mine. It's very rare to find someone, with my sense of humor, uh, in terms of like, we're both from New York. Like we know, we know how to make each other laugh. We know just what we know, what we think is funny. Yeah. And if we could stay consistent with that, maybe other people would think it's funny too.
1: I think so, there is too. There's yeah, a lot of truth to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he's a Clydesdale and he, he won't let you forget it. So, so he'll always make fun of himself. too. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's yeah. awesome. Um, there's one thing I've got to
2: know about, and that's Triathlon Terran. Oh, yeah. You guys I've like each other? I've a couple of spats of Triathlon Terran over the years what? as well. Not serious, but like –
1: Canadian on
0: Canadian?
2: Oh, whatever. <laughs> Does Canada claim him? I I don't think
0: so. But <laughs> no, just like posting
2: random things that I just like – that are not scientific and then claims to be scientific and – you know a lot of people when a lot of people follow you i think you have a requirement to kind of make sure what you're saying at least has some validity to it if they actually are following what you're doing and trying to use you as a as a guide and a mentor and what they're doing and there's just i think there's something so it was something along the lines of like how co2 works with your body when you're breathing and it and it just didn't make any sense but anyways i've never kind of gotten into anything like you have with Taryn, where i think you guys have kind of had a, a couple of, couple of big blow-ups and, and something along the lines of a personal attack on t- from Taryn to you so could you tell us about that what happened how did it start and why should we care
0: yeah absolutely um i don't think anybody should care to be honest <laughs> uh, and that video taren released of us was the some of the best marketing we had because uh, I My original Instagram got taken away because I fell for a blue checkmark phishing scene. No, you didn't. Yeah, like Kelsey. Yeah, I was going to say. Kelsey dm me after we, that. We, yeah. <laughs> it was like, God damn, you too? So long story short, uh, where's it going with that? <laughs> that? That
1: blue checkmark fake thing should be read with like a fake Indian accent. Like, oh, we
0: have got everything
1: for you right now. If you want to be a, a secure individual, you contact me, give me your password. Like, come on. That's a scam. How'd you fall for it?
0: Oh, so it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was tipsy, you know, drinking some eggnog. My mom makes homemade Baileys. Okay. And we're Scotch-Irish. So there's a lot of Jameson in that. And then the email came or the DM came. I like filled out the form and it was like complete with your password. No. And I filled out my password. As soon as I had said I like looked at my brother. I was like, that was stupid. No. <laughs> You're like, I'm locked yeah. out of my uh, Instagram account. Two days later, it was locked out. But to answer your question about Taryn, um, so just like I said, like, I just noticed a lot of people DMing me talking about like topics, the same topic. And I said, Why is no one doing this publicly? And Taryn was one of them. And he was just something that people wanted to engage with, like a topic. And what really uh what really started our relationship was I used to like give him some nuggets of information for his Newsday Tuesday, and he would never credit me. So okay. I'd be like, That's annoying. And then uh and then I think I just started calling him out. Uh, no, I remember I bought, I had a credit to audible. And so I bought his run fundamentals book and I read the intro and then I read like one workout and the intro, I was reading it. And I was like, this sounds very similar to the born to run podcast. Like one of the most famous Ted uh, talks like ever. It's this guy born, uh, not podcast, this Ted talk born to run in 2014. Yeah. So I threw it on the TV. I'm reading the book on audible and it's like, very similar. And I'm like, okay, this is like, this isn't with a million typos. I'm like, this isn't like high end work. And then I go to the, uh, the workout example and it's an ab workout and it's 16 ab workouts for 30 seconds each. So then like, I leave a review, like this is a crazy book. Like the fact that Joel Friel's book is next to this book on a bookshelf. And in 20 years, no one's going to be able to tell the difference is like a travesty to the sport. Mm -hmm. Basically. That's like what it was.
1: Cause basically what you're saying is like, the information is kind of just baseless and just a repeat of everything that's been like he's
0: learned. He's going for the low hanging fruit, and obviously, the guy's got to make a living, which is fine. But hey, this is a public platform yeah. in terms of Amazon. Like, if I bought it with an Audible thing, I could leave a review, yeah. And um, it kind of like plays into the whole role of like the guy's trying to do everything. Like, in what sport are you like the head podcaster, YouTuber, analyst, kettlebell workout, like,
1: yeah, coach, coach yeah, good like, knows everything, does everything exactly. Like, yeah. can you?
2: The problem with that is when someone does everything like that, they're not actually really likely to be good at any of it. They're just doing it all. And that's, that's my – like, I like Taryn does a great job of getting his name out there and, to, and appealing to the masses, but I would never consider him an expert personally just because he, he just – I don't know. It's just like the basic stuff, and he helps people come in on the basic level, but when he starts getting into the higher-level stuff, it, it kind of just falls flat for me. doesn't quite doesn't quite hit like is that really researched and is that proven and is that a fact or is this just you know something that sounds good and somebody's gonna believe
1: I think one I just saw recently was when he stated something about being on the world championship or an elite and you were like wait what result did that happen and when you're claiming so I was like okay there's some beef there I can tell
0: yeah it goes back deep like and that was just like how it kind of started and then I started basically like calling him out for ridiculous stuff. And it was particularly his two bike workouts per week promotion. Like he would promote, well, me as a coach, you only need two bike workouts per week to get good in triathlon. And that was just like, like bro. Yeah. I was like, dude, like (laughs) every distance, why are you giving us this content? Thank you. So like my followers, like my followers, my friends just like ran with it. Like we were making memes of it. And then people were just like, where's the Terran content? Where's the Terran content? So long story short, like he blocked me. And then his wife started looking <laughs> at my stories. So then I like screen grabbed his wife's profile and posted it on the story. And I was like, this is how Terrence gets knowing like everything we're doing. Cause he was like mentioning to other people, like, I don't know why the guy hates me on all this stuff. It's like, it's not me. It's a lot of people send me DMS. I'll screen grab it and post it. And just because it's on my story, it doesn't mean I'm posting it. Yeah. And I think that's where it kind of gets convoluted especially with side stitch. Yeah. Because there was like a huge community of people contributing. So, and I basically took the blame for it all, which I'm more than happy to because I, don't, I couldn't care less about this guy. But our logo when we launched was the silhouette. It's like Jerry West, but of Taryn and a Taryn running. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he like reported our Instagram. He like uh, sent us like a cease and desist to like get it wow. all off. Okay. I think, yeah. And then, um, so then we changed it to Jan. We're like, bro, we're like we're just trolling you and you're feeding into the troll by actually caring. And you should actually be complimented because now the logo is young. Yeah. <laughs> like long story short, like I've seen a lot of DMs over the past month of people finally DMing Taryn and saying, like, hey man, I thought what you did for the sport was great back in 2015, 16 and for YouTube 17 with like the intro stuff and all that, which I completely agree with. Um, but you know, with your stuff lately, like I think, you know, you're basically just trying to like fill your pockets.
1: Yeah. And I hate to say this and I'll do respect, but like, it seems, and I've heard the same things from others about, you know, Iron Cowboy with some of the stuff he's done in the past. Not that he hasn't done a lot for the sport, but it's almost like you've, you're just trying to stretch it out and make some really cool things out of something that is cool, but you know, I I don't know. It just seems more self-fulfilling than it does an actual service.
0: Well, it's interesting because what he says is, Hey, why are you being mean to me? He'll DM, this is literally like three conversations with three people I've seen. Why are you being mean to me? They send him, this is why I'm being mean to you. And then he'll say, yeah, but what about all the people's lives that I've changed? Like, doesn't address like all the fake stuff, like all like the BS, the filler videos he does, like, um, he posted one a couple of weeks ago where it's like how to get fast with minimal training. And like, he posted something on his story and I, I'm blocked by him. So this is what people send me. Yeah. Like you can imagine the stuff, the Taryn content I get. It's like Taryn just put a poll on his story asking if you are a minimal hour trainer and fast and triathlon, dhem him dot, 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 prepare for that book soon. And it's just, the guy is really like just grasping at straws and he's just pulling at all the gimmicks. Exactly. Clickbait stuff. And why can't we call that out? Like These influencers, they're so sensitive, yet they, they're they experts in everything. They can't take criticism. And if you do, you're a bully. Yeah. And that's just not the fact because, yeah, they, like, let's let's call a spade a spade, basically.
1: Would you consider yourself to be a little aggressive on the Terran side now? Or is it just like, has it gotten out of control to that?
0: We relapse yeah. every few months, it, unfortunately. Like uh, <laughs> all it takes is one post and then they flood in. And it's hysterical. And then I'll get a DM. Like I see we're on a Taran kick again. Yeah. And then, yeah, the floodgates open. And then I kind of have to shut them for a little bit. And, you know, I don't repost everything. And, you know, I try to have a heart. Like I do feel bad for the guy. Like um, it's unfortunate the face of our sport, uh, in a sense, is dealing with depression, hormonal issues, and trying to make money on being a health coach. And if you disagree with what I just said, then you're delusional as well.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with creating a little controversy and ultimately my my favorite phrase is like crisis precipitates change. So like, unless we have these bits of communication, like nothing's going to evolve. And you guys might even just be on the stage one day, shaking each other's hands is help each other out for something I don't know so I told Karen the
0: other day I'm like my MO is make fun of something till you adopt it like I boycotted Chipotle for years and now you love it and then now I eat it like every week so I said I was like you know one day me and Taryn are going to be friends and everyone's going to run
1: a podcast yeah (laughs) exactly and everyone in the house is like no I mean all press is good press in this world right now so I don't think you're doing any neither of you could probably do anything wrong except for something you know aggressively uh damaging to your your own personalities
0: well it definitely circulated because I was 70.3 boulder and i won't name names but uh a very well-known coach came up to me and introduced herself because we were watching standing next to each other and i was like hey my name's connor she's like oh my name's so and so and then said yeah i run an account called on your left i knew she followed it so Mm -hmm. that's why i introduced it she goes you're the taren guy oh and i was like oh shit is this a good thing or a bad thing and she's like no i hate taren He, he stole my workouts too no yeah and so then we went into a spat and uh i guess i'm known as the taren guy in some circles okay yeah
1: well doesn't sound like you're ashamed of any of that and, no. and it, not only are you like these are facts it's not like you're making baseless claims yeah am, am
0: i making outlandish claims
1: no. <laughs> um and if anything um you know all you would expect is like an, an honest retort of credible information if, if it is a problem for Taryn, he hasn't he has a platform which is, you know, let's just say it's bigger than all of our platforms to mm-hmm. Brian, to make a case and extent. to see, yeah, to, he could talk as much stuff back and, and
0: make his claim, so. Well, and that's what really what it was. He was flexing his following and his, uh, I guess, clout in the sport to blackmail a goggle company for partnering with us. Uh, I don't know if you know about that. I didn't know that. All right, this is Jesus. Basically, we noticed that he was looking at our page and this was the on your left. I don't think he had us blocked or he was doing it from a burner. But we posted a video of him right after one of our promotions with the goggle company. So he on a Sunday night sends like a scathing email to the owner of said goggle company saying, stop partnering with on your left. Uh, if you continue your partnership, I will take down my YouTube review of your goggles and post up a negative one. Well, there's a lot of spelling mistakes. Rumor has it. He might've been tipsy. Who knows? Um, and then not only that he went and reached out to, two other brands and said, stop partnering with Goggle company because they partner with teams like on your left. I'm not talking like, I'm talking like big brands with big money and Mm -hmm. I can't name them, but those slanders slanders. So those owners sent the owner of the email saying, why is Taryn emailing us and who is on your left? And (laughs) then internally, the only people at the Goggle company that know who it is is one person, so the ownership doesn't. So they had an internal meeting. And basically, we came to a compromise to appease Taryn. We would take down our promotion with the Goggle Company because we want to keep the Taryn video up. And then I just put out a blast on our story for our followers hey, go buy the goggles with our code. And we ended up being this year, we have the number one sales out of any team or any club. <laughs> no we way. We it out of the water. Yeah. That's
1: unreal. Good. Well, congratulations yeah. to all your followers and you.
0: And it, what that really shows is more of, a, I think, a referendum on Taryn and what is happening in the sport, because that was specifically what we were messaging. We say, if you want to see content like this and put an end to this, like, basically, like, influencer cancel culture bullshit of like where you can't speak your mind or you get reprimanded for it like by the goggles yeah and show them where the real deal so now i use those metrics if i want to go to like another yeah that's huge yeah and and our goal isn't to get partners or discount codes but we'll never make goggles so it only made sense yeah and this is a great example of why the number of followers that someone has
2: is not that important because taryn has what's got to be 20 times as many followers as you and if your code can sell more goggles than his or than his promotion then pretty unreal that's you know that's powerful but um
1: so this wasn't you know inherently a a trash Taryn episode for sure but I here let's just all say something good about taren yeah he he's an amazing resource
2: for anyone who's relatively new or relatively beginner in the sport to come in and have this huge amount of information to get them going in the right direction no question about
1: that and as with any bit of information you get online take it with a grain of salt and do research and i think you should do that for anything that is out there
0: and i will say something very specific go to his how to connect swift training peaks your garmin all your devices that video helps every single rookie triathlete tremendously yeah because as a coach you're like i have gotta just send you this video
1: (laughs) i'm not answering these questions
0: watch this video i don't
1: know why your swift won't Talk to your kicker, (laughs) but watch this video. (laughs) So there you go. We ended it down a good note. He is a Canadian, so we gotta kind of, I gotta kind of be on his side. And
2: that's why he did bet against me for Collins Cup, though, and I was pissed. He did. Yeah, he said Joe Skipper was gonna beat me, and I messaged him like, "No way, man." He said, "Prove me wrong, (laughs) then."
1: You know who else did, and I'm gonna call him out: Alicia K and friggin' Jared. I was like, Alicia and Jared, what do you think you're doing? You're never (laughs) counting Jackson out. They're like, "Yeah, but Joe." I was like, "Yeah, but."
2: Jackson <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why that betting was all fun because everybody got mad that they didn't get picked
1: it's un- you're the most underrated most consistent performer I think over the last two years
2: that's always how it is when you're improving right because everyone thinks
1: of your average not your most recent results so but if you even if you look at that it's always like one percent better two percent better like it's just always getting nuts you you, you get you got to get more credibility well, you gotta start. I tried taking your shirt off, and we'll give you some more air time too. There you go. Sweet. <laughs> the Jackson Laundry Triathlon Show, <laughs> or Landry. Can somebody tell freaking Mike Riley? Dave, Dave Downey knows how to say it, and Tom and Tom Zebart how to say Jackson Laundry. And I we said this yesterday. Do you ever? And this is for for Mike Riley. Mike, are you doing your Landry? when it's dirty? No, <laughs> bud. You're doing your laundry. It's spelled the same way. Yeah. Can we
0: talk about Mike Riley for a second?
1: Go ahead. Uh, do you think his voice is insured? I, I was just listening to the whole broadcast okay. of the Ironman race, and it sounds like it's the only voice you'll ever hear for Ironman forever. <laughs> like, I think... I think even after he's no longer part of the sport, they're going to use all of his recordings and just ad lib and cut and paste
0: like they did for chef in and, South park. And Derek Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> and when that announcer died. Yeah. <laughs> he he's yeah. He's legacy legend. Um, I mean, if you can make a career just saying you are, you a blank, are, like, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many Visionary. times he said it.
2: Well, speaking of a billion him and saying my name, should we talk about the race we did?
1: Yeah, um, Ironman 70.3 World Championships happened yesterday in St. George. This is where we are reporting from. This is where I live and where Jackson lived a little bit. Um, how long are you guys in town?
0: Uh, we leave tomorrow. Okay. We've been here since Wednesday.
1: Yeah, what did you think of St. George, first off? As, as an age group athlete coming into this land of endurance that has just been branded. Um, what did you think?
0: I was going to say like land of endurance is like the perfect name, but it's funny because when quarantine or COVID hit rather, uh, this was one of the places we wanted to do like a month stay, but finding a long-term, uh, furnished rental here with all the Canadian snow bunnies was difficult in, uh, in like November, but we love this area. Like it, it brings like an ancestral vibe. Like I feel like in past lives, I lived here at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, breathtaking so that's it it lived up to the hype i should say
1: yeah don't move here but you can come visit (laughs) we don't need any more busyness here in st george utah i don't think
0: it's that busy
1: dude oh man you should have been here like three or four years ago ask the wortels like the wortels like even four years ago they're like oh the traffic is crazy now i'm like what traffic (laughs) i just moved from tampa florida and now even that i've only lived here for two years and i'm like i gotta like wait in 10 minutes for to go down one road that's a mile mm-hmm. and a half now during school and rush hour. You're talking to a man who's from New York. I know. That's why, like, <laughs> most people are like, this is the best traffic we have ever seen in my life. I'll wait 30 minutes just to stop light anytime.
0: Yeah, I guess it's all relative. Yeah. Right?
1: But, but yeah, thanks for saying that. Um, And if you need a long term you just get a hold of me. I'll hook you up. All right, absolutely. Let's we're we're tapped in. That. I think, gotta deal with. I think for this race, um, the Southern Utah Triathlon Club, via me and the president, I think we put up like at least 15 or 25 pros so it's like everyone's messaging me and i'm like sending them that way wow. so they take care of pro athletes here really well yeah. um tons of ecuadorians that we met out there they all came out we, we hooked them up like it's just such a friendly community to take care of people like even some two people messaged me they're like spirit airlines lost my bike
0: josh venus
1: yeah and yeah. then i was like all right well See if we can find your bike. Five people offered up their bikes within like 10 minutes.
0: You won't get that in New York. No,
1: they were like, <laughs> forget that guy. Yeah. Not my bike.
0: Forget about <laughs> <him>. <laughs> um,
1: So yeah, anyways, the world championship course here was slightly different than the race in May in terms of the run course and one out and back on the bike course, which added a little, a little elevation to the bike course and didn't slow down Gustav Eaton at all. Um, apparently, and then the run course was just brutal downhill. Like most race courses kind of avoid about a mile of probably what is that average like nine percent? Uh,
2: yeah, On it was run? yeah, it was like over 10, and then there was a little flat part, and then it was over 10 percent down again. Yeah, twice we had to do that, and they could have just put us up the steeper hill and imagine, then had us go the other way. The,
1: running up that would have still been heinous. I'd rather run up and then down, I think. I think most people would. Because it was only a mile up or down, right, versus 3.1 up. Yeah, yeah. because that's what we normally do. We run down that long stretch that we've run up already, down Red Cliffs Parkway down to diagonal, and that's great. I mean, you can hold, like, steady 5.15, five-minute pace and not, like, try to – you don't have to slow yourself down yeah. because you're about to fall forward and faceplant like you did on this race. Yep. Uh, so the course was crazy. The pro field was, you know – it felt a little bit less sharp, but I don't know. It still really was sharp. I mean, it was we, talk heavy. Yeah, we lost uh, a couple of the bigger names because they just were focusing on other stuff, but there's probably like three or four total on the men and women's side, or probably the more of the men's side. The women's field all showed up. Yeah. Um, and still saw Heather Jackson on course, even though she wasn't racing. She was cheering and Paula cheering. So that was awesome. Um, before we head into the pro race, like, It's great that we have you here because you raced in the age group. Like, how did that feel? How did Ironman handle it logistically? Um, You know, what did you like, dislike?
0: And where were you when the crazy storm hit? Yeah, Stormageddon. Great. (laughs) Well, I think Ironman, given how many athletes are at these things and given the times, like the one thing that really aggravated me about this race was the amount of bitching on the Facebook group from people. Like, Ooh. it's about fucking swim star times. If it's anything, buckets, and buckets. Yeah. Are we allowed to bring buckets? <laughs> which for whatever reason, the pros are allowed buckets, but we're not allowed buckets. They're, they're bins. They're not buckets. <laughs> they're a hybrid. I have an idea for a collapsible bucket so you could travel with it. Anyways, <laughs> you're going to make that in China? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think Ironman just puts on a great race all around. There's nothing else that needs to be said about them as an organization. Maybe like with dealing with refunds and shit. But with this race, like in particular, it's it's it was great. Um, uh, did Ma- was no, Matt Leo say the most
1: athletes ever at a race was yesterday? Really? Yeah, because they did a one day
0: uh, most on a one day event. So I think for the snow or what was it called? Storm again. Storm again. So. <laughs> My not to give age group excuses here, but I dropped my chain a few times on the bike. And that sounds like an excuse. It, it definitely was it was hundred percent my fault. And, uh, I was up on top of where the, I love St. George sign is what's the name of that mountain. We'll oh, we'll call that Dixie rock. So you passed on the run going the other way. And you had some motorbikes next to you at that time. You get some air time. And then right when I'm at the apex about to go down, that's when the hail and the wind started. And it just buried us. We were descending at uh like eight miles an hour. And in my head, I'm like, if I didn't pop that chain, I would already be down this hill and it'd be <laughs> hitting me on like the semi-flat section going to Snow Canyon.
1: Yeah, because that's a fast descent. I think I, yeah. I'll hit like 35, 36 in a super tuck there. Jeez. And you were going eight miles an hour into she a got, headwind.
0: She got video of me too, because she was on the under the uh overpass. Oh, nice. And I'm just like barely trying to turn that thing from the wind yeah you know, disc wheel easy. nah 80s okay well, yeah well, that's probably better that you didn't have it yeah. um but yeah continue no so it just from from that point on the top of the hill all the way basically to like halfway to snow canyon um that happened and my chain dropped again halfway up snow canyon so i caught up to the same group of four cyclists lost them again four times <laughs> and it got to the point where they were just laughing at me like we were just chatting the whole time going up snow canyon about it They're like how many matches are you burning bro oh <laughs> like, nice
1: yeah that happens probably a lot more than we give i mean even in the pro field people
0: are having some mechanical
1: technical difficulties so
0: you're not yeah. alone yeah, I mean, regardless, it didn't really change too much of my race if you really look at it like, what, two, three minutes on the bike? Yeah. And um, maybe some on the run, but
1: uh, it was hailing on people at the top of Snow Canyon. I had an yeah. athlete up there who just got pelted in the face.
0: Yeah. It was, it was easily like some of the scariest uh descending just because like you didn't know like when the next gust was going to come. Yeah. And you want to push because you know it's a world championship, you know the guys ahead of you are, are having it a little bit easier. You can watch them too, though. You yeah. can,
1: like, see them get hit with you. are like, okay, brace
0: for it. Yeah.
1: Um, Where were you guys? Uh, Jackson was about 10 minutes ahead, running up diagonal. So he was kind of protected. It's lap two. Yeah, lap two. And I was just getting ready to go down the steepest descent. Um, just I got blown into a conics because I got hit with the wind. There's, like, that big hoka – like um whatever storage bin. What was I do know. It I, was, was so I got blown into it though. It was I was like, this thing is firm, it's not going anywhere. Um yeah, like you know when you're running and it's windy and your legs are getting blown into each other, you're kicking your calves. Yeah, I think yeah, that was happened to us. Yeah, it happened to me for sure. Leslie Smith on our team, she was descending on the long stretch after Snow Canyon and she had to put feet down because she was she was getting blown over um on her disc. She weighs like a buck oh five wet. So she had she lost about 3 minutes just waiting. I had an athlete who was age group athlete as well. Um he was fish tailing going down 36 miles an hour with his disc wheel and hydroplaning and some guy afterwards rode up next to him. He's like, "You've got the biggest balls I've ever seen. I said, you should have seen your wheel." Like I couldn't believe all the carnage. But the women were still Finishing their swim.
0: yeah. Uh, that, seeing the videos come out of transition. You guys see that one of like the barricades? Yeah. Like it's just lying. It's like back 2012,
1: full distance Ironman when they canceled it. I think it was 2012. Right. Well,
0: I thought they were because I was getting up to that top of that hill where the I Love St. George sign is and you just see lightning bolts in yeah. the hail, And I'm like, when are they going to cancel it? Yeah, I was like, this is Texas all over again. So what happens in that situation? Would they just cancel the race or?
1: If it sticks around for a long period of time, it's sustained and they can't manage safety with like things blowing around i do think they they like have a period of time where they're like we've got 10 minutes of this bullshit if we can survive we can make it yeah and if not we gotta cancel if it. it's
0: worth a few bodies it's worth yeah a few but bodies.
1: then the, you know <laughs> the storms that roll through here are just they're short they're punchy and then they just level out and then normally it goes right back to being sunny but it drizzled for like another 45 minutes to an hour and a half or something and then it was just overcast so it actually yeah. turned out being great like out, aside from the initial shock, it was yeah. the best weather we could have imagined. Right. We're like, oh, it's gonna be ninety-five. It's gonna be hot as shit. It's gonna be beating down the sun, and we have our overcast and pros. We Something had a tailwind. Was cold. Yeah. it was just
2: nice, and I was getting smacked with a headwind on the way up that hill, and I put my sunglasses on because the hail was just like <laughs> smacking me in the eye. I'm like, okay, well, this is protection now, even though I can't see anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Stormageddon happened. Um, it affected everybody yeah. in a different way. Um, some women got pulled out of the swim the Ironman had to pull them out because like there was three foot overhead waves pretty gnarly Um, pro race we had some Olympians show up so we knew that they were going to crush the swim and uh, they did probably like six or seven of them got out Jackson just caught that tail of that lead pack yeah saw you at the first out and back which was like at six miles or so and you were like maybe a hundred meters off catching that group. And I was like screaming about pulled over and just screamed at you. And I was like, I got a lot of work to do because I'm not catching them at least. (laughs) It's amazing. Like 30 seconds off this, off the group. And you can't make that up. I mean, you'll have to make that up. Um, What in like two hours, like Sam Long had to do Sam Long came out right behind me on the swim. One of his best swims ever, by the way. And he didn't catch the lead group until transition. So it took him two hours of, solo thrashing um and that's the standout performance i think of the day sam riding his way all the way to the front and finishing friggin what second yeah um incredible Mm. um gustav pulling a huge move going up by the dixie rock dragging ditlev um jackson felt the freaking repercussions of that that was horrible
2: that was (laughs) insane what was was
1: it like when he went
2: it was like it was the fastest i've ever seen someone get to the front of a group And at first it kind of seemed like kind of just by chance because we were coming into the base of an uphill and that, and that's when the group group kind of compacts and he started like compacting close to the guy ahead. So he just passed, but then he just passed to the front and got all the way past everyone in the group past Fred Funk who had been driving the group the whole time. Yeah. And he just like the next minute or two where we had kind of tried to stay with them it was insanely hard and I was just hoping somebody was going to let a gap open up. Cause I was like, I can't sustain this. I know that. Yeah. And then Sam Appleton, let a gap open up between him and Ditlev. And, uh, that was kind of a relief because the rest of us in that group, I think every single one of us needed, like, we couldn't have done it much longer. So.
1: And you're like, we still have to go up
2: snow Canyon. Yeah. And then we kind of just had to keep them close and they got to the bottom of snow Canyon, like a minute ahead, maybe less. And then up snow canyon we just i mean this is around the time where everything started happening like daniel backagard had dropped his chain he was off the back of the group Mm -hmm. then then blumenfeld had a mechanical and it was stopping yeah so i went by him and then sam appleton started slowing down and he had like a nosebleed like a severe nosebleed he was like trying to block his nose so it wasn't like holy bleeding and so this was just carnage at this point so i kind of went to the front of our now i guess the chase group and just pushed what I could up the hill to try to stay close, but luckily or unluckily for me, nobody in my group in that group at the time was feeling really great. Cause I kind of put a gap into them on the snow Canyon. And then they just kind of caught me towards the descent and I led pretty much the whole descent and just kind of brought us into town. And we lost a lot of time on that descent. Cause they had, you know, Gustav was just crushing it. Like I watched the race coverage and he just destroyed that last 45 minutes of that bike. Yeah. Um, and put tons of time into us. So, That was, that was gnarly. And that's how Sam, Sam long made up about a minute on us, on that descent as well, and got our group at the end.
1: Physiologically, that's one of the harder parts of the race because you've just spent upwards of 15 minutes climbing at, at an above threshold, flatten out, no rest, and then you've got to push high cadence, arrow tuck, catch your breath and just bury yourself on the downhill, trying to push maximum cadence in your biggest gear. Next time you get a chance to do that, try it. It's freaking exhausting. Yeah, especially tough. when you've got like a 180 pound guy who just whizzes by you with all that momentum and you, you just can't even latch on to any slipstream if there was one yeah like it's just gone so fast so the downhill and also we said this last time the downhill after snow canyon is probably one of the most critical parts of this course in the pro field because that's when you can probably lose three minutes or get it yeah which is why it sucks that leslie had the storm hit right then? Yeah. The so we feel for on that. Um,
0: so Gustav put in a surge from Dixie Rock all the way to the top of Snow Canyon, basically well, all the way to the pretty end much of the race.
1: to the end of the bike. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. even dropped
2: Ditlev, and like I didn't think it was possible for Ditlev to get dropped. Yeah. He's so strong. Like, mm-hmm. He made my life hell the first thirty minutes trying to get back up to that group because he did it so fast, and I had to try to close it with him on the front, which was very challenging. Yeah.
1: Variability on that for power was like one point zero eight for me and what 1.07 for you or something yeah like just super variable like i think 25 minutes for the first 25 minutes for me it was 345 watts I'm sure it was the same for most all male pros we were just killing ourselves just to try to make up room and then i think dixie rock right when we were like about to <laughs> figure out we have to climb snow canyon we we're like maybe we
0: should back it off to normal power now yeah not yeah. try to rip our legs off um where was the out and back at It was it that that like bullshit one before dixie rock there's
1: like, yeah the, there's the washington uh, one that goes like that little bit of elevation gain yeah, yeah. that was a long grind um and then the uh, the first one when i saw him was right after we do it's a the first climb's called nemesis yeah descend and on the new highway and then you do that quick out and back
0: into so hurricane the new one that's no that was the that's the original, original one. one yeah the the second one is that's the, the one, one that just like threw a, a wrench into like everything yeah that, that was a could, long descent in yeah. and you're like i gotta climb this best because i didn't know how long it went i'm like oh we're just gonna like pop down here this is just to like you know throw us off our game and like it really threw like me off what was it probably time. like
1: five miles or something total? yeah it was a
0: lot longer than i thought yeah
1: so that was fun um anyways the men's race ended up really well there's a lot of good movement a lot of good battles. Um, it was great to see, you know, Ben Canute have a great race, Sam Appleton have a great race, because those guys, well, I guess, and I guess also Eric Lagerstrom.
0: I was going to say, that's like the dark horse, right? Yeah, uh, so
1: happy to see him have well, a good day. Um, he put it together. That guy,
2: when I kind of was newer as a pro, he was just, just dominant. destroying me in every mm-hmm. race, and he was so dominant. And then he went through a hard, like, few years of dealing with, like, sad and nerve issues, and he was having a hard time activating you know kind of i was just talking to him after the race and after he broke his foot it, it kind of resulted in some changes in the way his gait was and that messed up his like sciatic nerve area so mm. he just his his legs were just shut down even though he had he the fitness fit. he just couldn't turn the muscles on so it was really frustrating and i'm glad he toughed it out and he's kind of coming back because yeah he's obviously a great athlete and i was waiting i was like is Eric gonna hang in there? Because I was behind, for a while, I was 10th out of 10 in the group, and he was ninth. And like sometimes gaps open and they have to close. And I had my eye open, like, is he gonna get dropped? But he held tough the whole bike, yeah. And it was
1: freaking awesome to see, yeah. So Sam and Eric just standout performances for sure.
0: I have a question for you guys, uh, just because like I'm looking at Sam's training, his time, like. Like, what do you guys in the pro, like, circle, like, say about all this? Like, is it, like, kind of, like, scary at, like, the numbers he's able to put up and, like, knowing, like, you, Sam's got to have a bad day to beat Sam? And, Sam or if, am I overstepping, like, am I thinking, like, Sam's, like...
1: We just wonder if the longevity's there because he just he's just so on fire and he doesn't stop mm-hmm. and he's always, like, I think he did a four-hour ride today or something, like... Yeah he's just he loves it so much we're just like is it sustainable and we're just waiting to see how long he can keep it going we're worried about that and we don't want to see anything happen to him obviously yeah. we love the guy yeah but i think that's the main thing we were we respect the hell out of his ability to, to to do the most for i think in our sport as, as a male pro as anyone has done in mm-hmm. terms of personality showing the lifestyle working hardest like he just mm-hmm. does so much we we're just wondering.
0: So you respect the hell out of him. Yeah. He, yeah. just needs a bad day for you guys to get him Right.
1: And and he's had bad days. Like, I mean, Collins cup, he wasn't super feeling good, obviously. Um, wasn't there another one, but I mean,
2: well, he, he struggled a little bit towards the end of like 2019 was kind of a breakout year for him. And then he, he, he backed off towards the end of the year and he started having not as good of results. Well, at worlds, at least he mentioned that in the press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, he's pretty consistent which is usually when you see someone who has a really really high training volume the they have i tend to notice that they have these great standout performances and they also have these really bad days and what's amazing about him is he doesn't really have a lot of really bad days um so his ability to handle and actually thrive on that much training is pretty amazing and the other thing that i think we all need to kind of you know realizes he's obviously going to be sharing his huge training days and when everything's going really great and on the days when he's probably feeling terrible and not training much probably not going to hear as much about that and that's the same for everyone nobody likes to talk too much about their bad days so it's probably not as much as it seems yeah Um, i I don't know for sure i'm just estimating like nobody wants to talk about how little they trained this week because they were
0: tired
1: yeah that's true he's he's known for just crushing it and crushing food and Russian poontang <laughs> uh,
0: we were just talking about that because uh, we follow uh, we got big into this real estate couple here in St. George they have a YouTube channel so we go to their Instagram we look at like one of their highlights and they're like their life just looks perfect and I said to her I'm like you think they would put anything negative about yeah. their life on social media
1: like man I had real bad diarrhea today guys I don't know what's going on <laughs> the only people who talk about that are athletes. yeah we're like man Jackson's stunk on the bathroom this morning every every morning um anyways women's race as well like lucy charles barclay that was insane eight what eight minutes or something she won by eight six eight minutes i i have yeah. to go
2: back and check but i think she had the fastest like each split yeah, every she, single split was the fastest really? yeah yeah she did yeah which is just ridiculous like that's to have that in a world championship yeah like that's you know you you would see that in a run of the mill 70.3 where you know whatever nobody shows up but
1: yeah, she's insane she's a complete package in terms of professionalism marketing uh, you know and obviously performance like she's got everything a, an athlete would ever want if they could like pick it
0: yeah she's peaking for sure yeah yeah
1: um and then you know taylor nib watching genie just edge out for second place on over taylor and the taylor's second official 70.3 unreal on a try tri- a scary good I watched
2: the I just watched the race coverage today and she like once she gets on a time trial bike and dialed in and focused on training in that position like I think she's going to be the best cyclist in the mm-hmm. sport because that's on true. any of the uphill segments like uh, up snow canyon she put 20 seconds into Lucy Charles it's just on the downhill she lost 90 seconds yeah. coming in town because you're losing like the amount of aero loss is incredible and even on an uphill that's going to be slowing her down so yeah her actual strength on the bike it's got to be the best there is and i hope that you know for next year if she does decide to do long course she gets that dialed in and i'm sure she has like 10 bike sponsors like hey i'm
1: sure well dia even on the (laughs) broadcast was like done she's she's we'll get her a bike like (laughs) if if taylor nib wants to be sponsored by ventum it's clearly there via dia on the broadcast yeah so Um, did danielle i saw danielle cotter like over by that Washington out and back. I didn't know. She like almost caught her I and didn't. then started hitting a wall and went backwards.
2: Okay. And she still came into transition third, but that the main group of women kind of was just about to catch her. And then Daniela just didn't have a good run. And she was just having a bit of an off day. I mean, on a good day, she's charging on the bike and probably catching
1: Lucy. Yeah. Um, and Daniela, you can have some off races. I mean, you've done enough to prove your dominance. Like, I don't think... And that's the hard part in being on the top all the time is like everyone expects it over and over and over. So, yeah,
0: I think one of the crazy stats, and I know we're talking about the women's race. Uh, I haven't done the numbers on that, but in the men's race, it was like 10 or like 10 of the top 15 were under 27.
1: Yeah. Age or something like well, that. Well, that was the men as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was the men. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said the women. Sorry.
0: So, uh, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, is the sport getting – younger because people are realizing like the difference between training for an Olympic and 70.3 might not be too much different, especially, you know,
2: who knows? I mean, it's scary because I'm 28 and I'm one of the oldest, literally I was, I was the oldest guy in the top five, you know, one of the older guys at the top 10. So yeah. um, it's, who knows what it is like, I think it's maybe now with more opportunities in the sport and PTO coming in, putting more money into it, there's just more people, kind of going for it and saying like hey let's give triathlon a try and they're doing that from a younger age now so we're seeing people who actually are triathletes from kids up and i think that's kind of just a sports evolving like it's it is crazy to see how much it has evolved over the last five years though um like when i first started doing long course i was winning or you could win a race like if you were going in a standard race if you were going around three under 350 you'd pretty much win every race
1: and now it's like 336 at the world championship on the hardest course in North America.
2: Yeah. It, it's insane. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's cool to be part of, but also it's like, you know, it really keeps you on top of your game and you gotta, you gotta get better every year if you just want to keep up with the field, mm-hmm. let alone, do better and better.
0: Do you think like the death of short course pro racing, uh, that we've seen over the past couple of years is like contributed to that too, where athletes are like, well, my earning potential at short course is literally nothing because there's eight pros getting into escape to Alcatraz. Yeah. That's that's, a huge factor. Yeah. And like St. Anthony's is like one of the dying ones. And yeah. So.
1: No, that's, that's a great uh, observation. Like there are no high paying, well-known short course races anymore, non-draft legal. Yeah. So what else are we gonna do? Iron Clash, Challenge, those are the names we have to roll with. Mm-hmm. And the good news is like there's more funding and there's more notability as a sport gets faster. But guys like me, like I got into it late. I'm 35. Like I'm mm-hmm. last night I was like, Holy shit, what am I gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> was already like, well, I think I'm gonna retire from 70.3s and just do Ironman. <laughs> like I'm getting to the age where I've got another four years of probably really good Ironman man performances and subpar top 10 70.3 so i'm just gonna have tried that train now but that's the way our sport is and i'm happy to see it to to see young professionals take it serious enough with talent to elevate the sport and that's that's i could ne- never ask for anything else like that's that means people are loving it enough to choose it as a career yeah and, and there's enough sponsors
0: and with that young generation coming up there's also a different like outlet opportunities and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're trying to do too on your left is like that's why i hired intern blake it's like how can we relate to the college kids who you know like i know in college for me last thing i thought of was riding a bike or running
1: it's a club sport too
0: yeah exactly so for these kids that are that engaged at the college like they're going to be engaged after college most likely Mm -hmm. and that's kind of part of our plan is like let's relate to them not just relate to people our age because i'm 30 and i think that's pr- our primary demographic but this sport's only getting younger
1: yeah it has to um and hopefully kids are getting into the sport younger because then because then there's going to be more parents spending money on your bikes and spend making our sponsors more rich and they'll pay us more money <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> anyways it's a cycle it's
2: it's amazing like i think just for a second like focusing specifically on gustav eden I, again, I, I just watched the race broadcast. He, he went three thirty-seven low. He, he was not stressing to finish that race. He, he really slowed himself down on the last descent. He walked the shoot. He even stopped and gave high fives and, and was not moving. Like he could have been 30 seconds faster, at least yeah. no question. And is he's 25 or is it 20? I think he's 25. So it's terrifying. Like the guy <laughs> is not even at his peak yet and he's, he made us look silly in the last hour and a half of that race. He was literally 10% faster than the rest of us. He's 25 years old. So, well, the good news is, and, and, and Sam long, same age. So uh, those guys, like they can only get better. And you know, it's just, it's, it's going to be a crazy ride trying to keep up and trying to catch up.
1: Well, we're going to watch Jan and Gustav hopefully race Ironman, California
0: and blue, right?
1: Blue felt might be there.
0: I think yeah,
1: I hope he is. Yeah. I mean, that's what we want to see these days. You know, as pro athletes as hopefully amateur athletes, like we want to see these names go head to head. And that really, and I remember years ago it'd be like, why aren't Keenley Ya and all these guys racing head and Lionel head to head more? And now we're starting to see that.
0: well, I think it was pretty sad to see, like, the tri-battle, to be honest, like as cool as the production was, it was like, what does the sport become now? Yeah, like, why
1: wasn't there a women's tri-battle the same yeah, gosh damn day?
0: That's a valid point. I never thought of that. It's, it's these Mickey Mouse races, and it's like someone put on a race and so these athletes can come and like, and basically, you well, know, the Collins Cup
1: was pretty great, you know? Yeah. All those, I mean, and I was thinking about that too, the, the, the way it's formatted, showing up to a race instead of having to f- go against 40 guys or 60 mm-hmm. guys or girls, you've got two people or two people to worry about like how, how relieving was that showing, you know, diving into the water, knowing I only have to hold these feet. I know where I am at all times in the race.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, that's totally different. And it's, you know, you get to know your competitors very well because you only have two of them, but uh, that head to head is kind of something I think that people are realizing that's what's going to, that's what we need to make the sport popular is we need these head to head battles that are close, and that are exciting and you know now people are going to some of the same races more and more i think because there i do think the pto coming in and kind of bringing in more money um, for the pros has made that more feasible because people are realizing that they just need to be ranked well in the world to make a good living they don't necessarily need to make a huge killer payday every time so there's less cherry picking and a little bit more searching out those battles because the, the, the big points seem to come at world champs and, you know, the competitive races. So um, I think that's one good thing that's coming out of all this PTO uh, kind of stuff and we'll see more of it and more of it. But some of these other guys, I think they don't, they make enough money that they don't care. Like, you know, they're doing what's best for their image. And if Christian Blumenfeld can go do an Ironman and try to take down
1: Jan Frodeno and whoever else. good hundred thousand dollar appearance fee or something, then you do it. <laughs> exactly. so, so anyways, on that note, I think we're, we're good on the old episode going on quite a bit. Um, dude, thank you so much yeah. for, for bringing on your left to, to our platform and giving us a chance to explain, you know, why I personally, you know, this is why I found you guys to be valuable and, and funny and, and charismatic. And I think if, if you just had some key slogans on a shirt and you could sell a, couple million of those shirts over yeah. the course of a couple of years dude you guys
0: are going to be set yeah, you right.
1: retire at 35 you won't be selling with us though because you just gave us free ones and bottles and yeah.
0: hats and yeah so,
1: um, so we'll be repping that pro, we're pros
0: drink for free <laughs> yes oh man that's so, like, right well what we're doing too with the the cycling kits and bibs is we're marking them at 199 full kit setup they're manufactured in europe and part oh, of that yes. reason is i'm sick of seeing 300 kits like i know for me like you know i have, I have a job I hate paying $300 for a kit. Like it's just outrageous. So it was part of us just trying to be different and change the norm in the sport. Like every brand that comes out standard 275 to 300 to 350.
1: So you're saying next is just standard $2,000 tri bikes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do something like a squared. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The best ones in the world, two grand. (laughs) Thank you Shimano. Um, But yeah, so thanks again for coming on and you know, hopefully we can do it again. Hopefully. Follow on your left. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Check them out. It's
2: a little edgy humor. I mean, if you don't like that kind of thing it might not be for you, but I if you listen to us, we swear enough that you will probably be into
1: it. Yeah. If you like us, I think you're going to be fine with whatever. You- it's basically a better version of us. So just yeah. Go more it. consistent, reliable. Um, yeah. You guys follow through on your, most of your giveaways. We forget a couple of them here. So and there. Speaking of that, we got to get some shit away. So we're going to be doing a giveaway. Um, <laughs> we got about three months to make up. I think all of our patrons are going to be getting a lot of, christmas stuff probably because that's probably when we're going to remember to actually do it stocking <laughs> yeah, we'll stuffers some. but anyways thanks for listening uh follow on your left and uh if you're listening and you want to make a big impact just go ahead on instagram and send a message to on your left and just tell them to frig off that'd be helpful <laughs> all right thanks, he, give us the peace out me yeah all right this is everyone leaving
2: this chat. Peace, peace out, out got ish to do flying through the sky in my parachute dancing on the couch like i'm tommy cruz on a one-man mission trying to see it through